I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. Okay, Josh, I want to talk to you about a recent development in a world that is very near and dear to my heart. What is that? Liquor. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Near and dear to your liver. My liver, my heart, my brain. You know... I always tell people, I don't drink to get answers. I drink to stop asking questions. (laughs) So the reason we're talking about this is that Japanese sake has a new designation agreed to in an agreement between the U.S. and Japan that you will only be able to label a product Japanese sake in the U.S. if it is actually made in Japan. And the Japanese cheered for they have a very anemic economy and they have very little to be happy about right now. But They have robots. In exchange, Japan will recognize that bourbon whiskey and Tennessee whiskey can only be made in the United States because they are ours, motherfuckers. <laughs> so this is a really interesting aspect of international trade negotiations, where it's not just about tariffs and what you will be able to sell in some place with what kind of tax on it, but you have these rules about what can be labeled in certain ways. So like Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese has to come from Emilia-Romana in Italy. And personally, my favorite instance of this is Kobe beef. At least this is how the Japanese want it. This is still being negotiated. I think these rules are interesting because I think it's unclear. In some cases, it's just, you know, manufacturers lobbying for a special regulation that helps them make more money. But in some cases, I think these rules really do make consumers better off. There are two example products that we can use that are, that are one, case, one, one each of these cases, where the designation is protecting a really higher quality product and one where it's just creating a brand that people pay a premium for for no good reason. Parmigiano-Reggiano, real Italian Parmesan cheese, is fucking delicious and is so much better than domestic Parmesan. Domestic Parmesan? <laughs> now, oh my God, it doesn't even know how to dress. The <laughs> accessories suck. Someone could <laughs> theoretically make a really high-quality Parmesan in the United States, but when you buy Parmigiano-Reggiano and you know that it comes from that specific part of Italy, you are, in fact, getting a higher-quality product. And that protected mark, I think, ends up making a lot of sense and making consumers better off. On the other hand, you have all these fights over champagne. Champagne doesn't just mean sparkling white wine. It means sparkling white wine from a particular region of France, east of Paris. That also gives you a really bad hangover. I love champagne. Ugh, no. And there's lots of great champagne, but there's also lots of other great sparkling white wine from other parts of the world. And people pay this premium when things are marked champagne over similar quality sparkling white wines from other parts of the world. Like... The unofficial sponsor of every bachelorette party, Prosecco. It's an interesting aspect of the fight over the Trans-Pacific Partnership because, you know, this is this big trade agreement that's being negotiated among a a little more than a dozen countries around the Pacific Rim, including the United States. And one of the key arguments that uh, the Obama administration was making about why this would be good for the U.S. was, well, it'll create jobs in dairy farming because it'll open up foreign markets to U.S. cheese. And that's true. Trade barriers in general are already really low, but there are a lot of trade barriers on cheese because dairy farmers are good at lobbying, not just in the U.S., but in all sorts of countries. Oh, I had no idea. And have been able to get restrictions that make it hard to import cheese. The problem with this as an argument for TPP is that cheese is just not that important a part of the U.S. economy. I don't know what you're talking about. I disagree. (laughs) It's an an important part of the U.S. diet. Yes. Yes, it is. But it is not... And lifestyle and mental health. But then it, it sort of reflects how... Through these fights over controlled origin names, certain parts of agriculture are able to exercise all this political influence and become sort of outsized parts of trade fights. The beautiful thing is about this is that it's one of the few ways that 
we in the world show that we can actually agree on something. This is basically like the Olympics of trade. But it's actually, it's not the Olympics of trade because it's a negotiation. We had to go to Japan. Japan said, we really want a, a designation for Japanese sake. And so we it's said to them- It's a negotiation wherever we decide we're going to put the Olympics. Well, no, that's a bribing system where oh, you go and, you know, pay right, people from right. small countries to vote. Right. Yes. Right. Um, well, I, okay. Whereas, so in this situation, we said to the Japanese, you know, well, we'll recognize your sake if you recognize our whiskey. And the Japanese love whiskey. So yeah, they have their own, and so I'm sure they were just like, whatever. We have Japanese whiskey, which has grown immensely in popularity over the last um, couple of years. So I'm sure they're like, let the Americans have it. Although this makes sense to me actually, because the Japanese make these excellent whiskeys that are very often very much in the style of Scotch whiskey. Who grows corn in Japan? So bourbon and Tennessee whiskey are these extremely American products made from corn um, that are not likely to have deep competition from the Japanese market. So these are products that can be sold as imports from the United States that would really benefit a lot from their own protected branding. And so one interesting aspect of this is 70% of sake sold in the United States right now is made in the U.S. And so you would think those manufacturers would have an interest in preventing the creation of a special label for Japanese sake, which would then charge a price premium over them. But the reason they don't carry the day is that the U.S. sake lobby is way less powerful than the U.S. bourbon and Tennessee whiskey lobby. Yeah, I was going to say, who, I mean, there are, how many standalone sake makers are there in the U.S.? It's, I imagine that it's actually larger corporations that are selling sake. The bourbon companies in the U.S. stand to gain much more from gaining this designation in foreign markets, and they will spend their money to go out and lobby to get it, versus the sake manufacturers are not likely a very powerful lobby in the U.S. to try to oppose this deal. See, to me, this is a purely business and culture deal. Is it political? Can political favors be won or lost based on these uh, these exchanges, maybe, but I don't think this is what's going to keep people who are writing trade agreements up at night. I disagree with that in two ways. One is that I think v- very often this is mostly about business and who can charge more for their product. But in a lot of places, especially in Europe, there are big emotional attachments to these to Ugh, these products. Of the French again. Yeah, and you know, people in specific parts of France have immense pride I in their local cheeses coming. and Jesus. get so mad when other people try to claim they're making that cheese. And, and even in the U.S., I would contend in, in Kentucky and Tennessee, there's immense pride in the terms bourbon and Tennessee whiskey, and they don't want other people claiming that they're making those products, not just because they think they'll lose money, but they lose pride over this thing that is a very big deal for them. And then as for the trade agreement, people are not losing sleep over this. Agricultural products are some of the thorniest issues in international trade agreements, in part because both of the power of farm lobbies politically and the emotional attachments. Well, I was very I was very incensed about the cow situation. So I, I guess I can understand. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton. And the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 